Hey, what up? It's Mark Carter. I'm the pastor of Fierce Church. Welcome to our podcast. I'm so pumped that you're able to join us today. I hope this encourages you, inspires you, strengthens you, gives you hope to keep pressing on. And it's my prayer that this sermon gives you a more expansive view of God's love for you. Enjoy the message. Amen. A sixth grader was walking by her friends in front of a computer at school, and they were looking at a picture and they were laughing, and the sixth grader caught a glimpse of the image of what was on the screen, and she felt scared and went back to her seat thinking she did something wrong. This was her first exposure to pornography. A 10-year-old boy was on the bus, and his friend showed him something he had never seen before. This was his first exposure to pornography. A sixth grader was online working on a school project when an ad popped up, and this was their first exposure to pornography. A kindergartner was on the family computer and noticed something that made them curious, so they kept clicking, not fully understanding what they were seeing, and this was their first exposure to pornography. I'm Elena, Pastor Elena, and we are in our Parental Guidance Suggested series, and today we're going to talk about what we can do as a church and as parents to partner together to lead the next generations away from the evils of pornography. Why? Because whether your kids are looking for it or not, they're going to find it. And as Carter mentioned in his recap video this week, 93% of guys and 62% of girls will have interacted with porn before they turn 18. And this is what I would call society's version of sex ed. It's teaching them what society thinks sex should be. And yet, when we go to what God says sex should be, who created sex, um, we find that what porn teaches is just a bunch of lies. And there's kind of this mentality, well, they're going to look at it anyway. And I kind of compare that to what would it be like if we thought, well, you know, a lot of kids are going to do drugs. They should just teach that in health class. Teach heroin in health class. Like, feels good. We should probably teach them how, how to do it and where to get it. No, nobody in their right mind would be okay with their kid's health class teacher teaching them about, her, um, about heroin because even though it feels good, it could kill them. And the same happens with pornography. Even though there's things that bring pleasure, it ends up killing what God intended sex to be. And yet, there is a bunch of unblocked and uh, a bunch of internet access that our teens have, that our kids have, that gives them access to porn and teaches them about sex if nobody else is talking to them about it. And what porn does is it changes the way people think. It changes the way they think about other people. If if porn is something they're consuming a lot, it ends up changing the way they see people more as objects than as people made in God's image. It encourages violence and aggression. It damages marriages. People are more likely to cheat on their spouse if they are looking at and viewing pornography. And the reason why this is so important for us to be alert is because when our young people are getting taught this at a young age, they're they are learning how to think for the rest of their life. And so if this is what they're learning, this is how they're going to be viewing this for the rest of their life. And just a little, little brain science here. Their prefrontal cortex, the part of the brain that makes the wise decisions, is not fully developed until they are 25. And some of you might be like, now I know why my kid makes those decisions, right? But that doesn't mean they can't make wise decisions. It just means that it's still developing. So they need to keep practicing how to make wise decisions. Just like you wouldn't 
drop off your kid to basketball practice for the first time and expect them to be the LeBron expect them to be LeBron James. You can't expect your kid to make wise decisions if you're not helping them and teaching them and pointing them to God's word. And that includes in dating. That includes in how they view sex. You can't expect them to just have great relationships and have a healthy marriage if they haven't been trained in how to do that. Parents, we don't have to be perfect in this, but we do have to be intentional about this. But we do need to get something really clear here so we're both on the same page. Because if you're smart, you might be asking, there's a lot of things that really aren't that healthy, but is porn really that bad? Is porn really a sin? And so we're going to look at God's word outside of the countless studies that are done that don't include the Bible, right? There's a lot of evidence that shows the harmful damages that porn can have. But when we look at God's word and we think about what porn is, which is fueled by lust and sex outside of marriage, we read in God's word what Jesus said in Matthew 5. He said, you have heard that it is said, you shall not commit adultery. But I tell you, anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go to hell. Now, Jesus is using a hyperbole here, so he's being extreme, not saying you really have to gouge out your eye, but he's saying you need to be extreme with running from lust. And we believe, as Christians, that God gave us the Bible to be the authority of our lives, which means even if we don't like what it says, and even if it doesn't feel good, it has the authority to tell us what to do. And so what we see with porn is porn's all about lust. The Bible says lust is sin. Therefore, porn is sin. Porn captures the heart. It captures the heart of your kid. And it makes them feel isolated and alone. It tempts them thinking, this will make you feel better. This will make you feel like you're needed. This will make you feel intimate. But then it makes them feel all alone. And it distorts what God intended sex and intimacy to be. But the problem isn't just porn. The problem is that parents aren't blocking it. I like to look at it like a football game. And this was my favorite football game, Super Bowl game, I should say, because I wasn't around when the Bears won the Super Bowl. So when the Eagles beat the Patriots, sorry, sorry about that. We got our Patriot fan here. (laughs) When the Eagles beat the Patriots, um, we got, we got, we'll go back to the other picture real quick. So you got your quarterback, you got your offensive line protecting the quarterback, and you got the other team coming after them, right? In this scenario, um... The other team is the enemy, Patriots, sorry, sorry. <laughs> the enemy, you, you're the parent, you're the offensive line. And the quarterback is your kid. And the goal is to help your kid win, right? Help your kid get down, score those touchdowns. And so you are on the lookout because you know the enemy's coming for your kid. And the enemy right now, what we're talking about is porn. And it's not just one little, like, we're going to try to get him. No, like, they're coming at your kid in all different directions. And so like the football team and the Super Bowl, We need to be fierce and diligent about how we are blocking porn in the lives of our young people because there's too much at stake. And the devil has given, well, he hasn't given, but we got God. The Bible gives us the game plan of what the devil does. He tries to tempt you, make it look good, and then ends up distorting everything in the end. He has a plan to take down your kid. And you know what? He doesn't just want to take down your kid 
and get him sacked. He actually wants to get your kid out of the game. And that's what porn does. The longer they're in it, the more that they're thinking about that. They're literally like, well, this is kind of a weird example, but if they're like marinating chicken, right? The longer it's marinated, the more it's going to like taste like it was marinated. The longer your kid is is looking at porn, that's the like that's that's what they're thinking about. That's what's capturing their heart instead of the truth of what God's word is. God's plan or the enemy's plan is to steal your kid's God-given sexuality, and he's using porn to do it. He's using porn to capture their heart. So we need to train our young people to think through the Bible's worldview of sex, and that the that porn kills that. But how do we do that? Well, here's some coaching tips. The first, as scary as it sounds, we confess it. When Matthew in, Matthew, in the book of Matthew, when Jesus said was talking about how extreme we need to be from running from lust, he meant that in addition to being repented. When it's when we confess, when confession happens. God can start healing, and Satan can stop winning the war in our mind that's making us feel isolated and alone. Proverbs says, people who conceal their sin will not prosper. But if they confess and turn from them, they will receive mercy. Craig Rochelle says, you are only as strong as you are honest. Just like in a football game, when that quarterback gets sacked, they don't just leave the game. If they do, they, they wouldn't have that role. You get back in the game. And honestly, you get back in that game and you, you're going back with a little more fierce energy. Like you're going to show that team who's boss. And the offensive line, they're going to be a little bit more on the alert, watching out for what else is coming. And as parents and as, a, as young people, we need to be thinking that way. Yeah, I'm not going for perfection here. Can't do that. But I'm going to go back to God's word and get back in the game of life. And parents, one huge way that you can do this is just be real with your kids. At age appropriate, talk to your kids about what you've struggled with. And if porn hasn't been an issue for you, praise God. That's awesome, but you still have to be the one that is making this a normal part of your everyday conversation. And if it has been something you struggle with, when you feel it's appropriate, you can just say like, hey, when I was like 11, I looked at porn and I didn't look away. And because of that, it's been something I've struggled with. And that's why we put up these blockers so that you don't have to have this kind of temptation in your life. And remember, you are equipped to lead your teen and your your kids towards God's truth because of scripture, because of the authority of scripture, and because of what Jesus did. Not because of your good or bad example. But we got to start going back to God's plan for sexuality today. We got to start being real about that because your kids are going to catch on. Like they have all these rules, but they seem a little hypocritical. So you're just real and you're transparent. <clears throat> Kyle and I, Kyle's my husband, we like to have these conversations often. Like it's kind of like a part of our everyday, we don't talk about it every day, but it's like a everyday kind of conversation. We want to ask each other, how are we doing with running from porn? And you want to know why? Because we're on the same team. And what happens when the enemy gets in there is that when, when we mess up and we don't confess it, we start thinking that our spouse is on the opposite team, that they're against us. They would never understand. And so we talk about this to keep our sins out in the light where they belong, where Satan can't get a foothold in that. Because if we keep it in the dark, Satan's going to plant that seed and he's going to make it grow into shame and bitterness and all alone. 
when the truth is, God can change that. And in your marriage, that person's somebody that really cares about you. So you want to work at this together, which means you got to be real about that. and you got to talk about that. And if you want your kids to live like porn kills what God intended for sexuality, then you just be that example yourself. And again, not perfection, but real. And you're acting like Jesus is bigger than this. If you guys aren't already in your marriages talking about this, I highly suggest this as an option to keep porn out of your family. It keeps you tighter and it keeps you on the same team. Number two, uh, plan, uh, for a coaching tip, first we confess it, and the second thing we got to do is plan our strategy. Plan your strategy because we don't want to be like Buddy the Elf, right? And just freak out. That would not work. <laughs> and it would also be very painful. So we want to be like the, super, the football team that's going to win the game and plan our strategy. In Genesis, we read about Joseph's story. And Joseph had a boss, Potiphar, whose wife had a thing for Joseph, and it was a little awkward. And honestly, you guys, she probably looked good. She had, her, her husband was rich. She probably spent all day looking good, and she wanted Joseph. And it says in Genesis, she caught him by his cloak and said, Come to bed with me. But he left his cloak in her hand and ran out of the house. Joseph had a plan for what he was going to do in that situation. And it wasn't to sit around and chat and, you know, not go too far, but let's see how far we can go. No, his plan was to get out of the situation. He had a strategy. And you and I need to have a strategy. Now, this doesn't quite apply because you can't get out of your mind. And part of the issue with porn is that it, it's in our mind. But we can take from this that we need a strategy and we need a plan. Because the team that wins the Super Bowl is not the team that doesn't make any mistakes. They're the team that keeps getting back in the game. So these are blocks that you can use in your family. And two things real quick. One, these are not a bunch of rules that you should follow and you need to do or you're sinning. These are just suggestions because you as your parent, you're one person blocking your kid, right? And if there's two parents, there's two of you blocking your kid. But... The other team has more than two people coming after your kid, right? In the real football game. And the enemy works with more than two temptations that are coming after your kid. So you need to kind of, I would encourage you to not be the only one that's blocking your kid. Have other blocks that are coming so that it's not just you that are helping your kid understand God's view of what sex is and not letting porn be that education. So block number one, we train our kids to run towards Christ and towards his word because they can't do this alone. When your kid messes up with lust, might not be porn, but they're going to mess up with lust. One of the things, the main thing that the enemy tries to do is to keep them away from the Bible and away from praying to their savior, which makes them feel even more alone. So you as the parent go to Christ and you go to the Bible to know how to teach this to your kid. Because y'all, if Jesus can handle death, like he can, death can't even be stopped by him, then he can handle how to help you have that awkward conversation with your kid about porn, which we'll talk about doesn't have to be that awkward. So we go to Christ, we go to the Bible for how we teach our kids about this. We go to Christ and we go to the Bible when our spouse comes and tells us they've messed up with porn. We go to Christ and we go to the Bible when we've messed up with porn. What if your kid learned from your example after they looked at porn 
to go to the Bible, right? What if they did that? Because what they will find is that God's the only one that can give the victory over this. What they will find is that shame no longer has to be their badge because of what, what Jesus Christ did. See, Jesus Christ died on the cross to, um, back to this, <laughs> you get back in the game and you live your life for Christ and how he defines you. He didn't die on the cross for you to conceal, hide, and live in regret. When you've had a lust binge, what you need more than anything is for Jesus to forgive you and clear your mind and remind you that you are priceless. Your value is not based on a perfectly pure life. And you need that reminder, and your kids need that reminder. Porn is really often about a desire for intimacy. And that intimacy that they're really looking for is with their savior. But the devil comes and he tempts them with fake intimacy. He makes it look good. But then after they looked at porn, they feel even more alone than they did before. If you're teaching your kid to go to the Bible, here's what they're going to find when they start opening this up and they read it. In Psalms 139, they're going to find that they are wonderfully made. In Psalms 23, they're going to find that their, their savior is their good shepherd that's going to provide everything they need. When they look at Ephesians 2, they're going to find that they are God's masterpiece and that he has good things in store for them. When they look at John 10.10, 10, they're going to find that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but God comes to give us life and give it to the full. And when they know that, they're going to know, okay, so this temptation looks good, but it's really just full of lies. And they're going to know from Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 that when they trust in the Lord, he will direct their path and let them know what to do next in life. They're going to find that they're not alone. They're going to find that it's not based off of their good decisions, but because of their Heavenly Father, that God has good things in store for them. So we bring them to Christ and to the Bible, because they can't do this alone. And you guys, you need to know, Jesus is the best blocker your kid could ever have. You care about your kid a lot. I know you do. Jesus cares even more. And so in what you do as a parent, you point them back to that truth. Because the other thing is, Jesus is going to be with them wherever they go. And he can touch your kid's heart in ways that you won't be able to. So you bring them back to the Bible. Block number two, you be the kind of parent that your kid can confess to. Now, we already talked a lot about confession, so I won't go into that. But just for a minute, just think, would I confess something to me? Like, am I kind and gracious and, and like loving, or would I just get angry? So we want to be the kind of parent that our kid would confess to. And block number three, again, you don't have to do all these things. They're just good ideas, is use internet blockers and have house rules. For my family, we use covenant eyes. So when we go online, it's just not an option to have porn there. And that's something you can use with your laptop, with your computer, with your, yeah, those are like the same thing. Uh, with your phones, your kids' phones. You can use that on gaming devices, anywhere that there is internet. And this is helpful because even when you're not around, you can kind of have some accountability here. And another reason why I think it's helpful is if there was a murderer coming to your house, you wouldn't just lock the front door, right? No, like, that's not good. So you're going to, like, lock the back door. You're going to make sure all the windows are shut and locked. Like, you're going to make sure that your family is safe. And porn comes to kill what God intended to be good with sex. And so we're going to do whatever we can to keep it out of our family. So you can use things like Disney Circle. 
Pastor Carter recommends several different places to protect anything that can be coming in to our kids. And again, we can't be perfect at this, but we can help leave the temptations out. And then as your kids get older, you start talking to your kids about what you're doing. You're, you're, you're talk, we're we're going to talk about this in the next block, but you're talking to them about what pornography is. You're talking about them to them about what you are doing to keep it out of the house because you want your kid to move out of the house someday, right? Like you want them to grow up. And so you want to be teaching them as they get older, here's what we're doing. Here's why we're not watching those shows. So you can do this when you are on your own. You can be blocking the, the enemy from getting inside your heart because that's what porn does. It captures the heart. So you have things like house, house rules where no computers in your room with the door closed. And you, you talk about this, or you just tell them, whichever one you need to do the most. You, you talk about, hey, when, um, at nighttime, you're just a little more tired, and it's easier to make dumb decisions. So we're going to charge our phones in the living room. You, I would also suggest you find other parents that want this for their kids, and you have similar rules. So that when they're like, nobody has to do this, you're like, no, Susie does too. You're going to be okay, right? All this... Some of this will cost you money, but you gladly pay it because you know you want your kid to know God's truth and not the enemy's. If your kid or your spouse had a debilitating disease, you would do whatever you could to heal them of that, right? Like pay the medicine, get the doctors. Porn is a debilitating disease. And so we're going to do what we can to keep it out of the house. Block number four, guided conversations. At age appropriate, you're talking to your kids about pornography. You're talking to them about what God's word says about sex and simple ways you can do this. When there's commercials that come on, when there's a trailer, when there's a song, you say, hey, does this align with what God intended sex to be? And you read God's word so that you are not just based off your own opinion, you're actually going to what God's word says. And as you're reading the Bible together, it's going to be a lot less awkward to talk about it because it's an everyday part of the conversation. And one way you can start this conversation when they're young is when they're like as old enough to be on an iPad or a phone, you just say, hey, if there's ever something that comes up and people aren't wearing clothes, just tell me about it. Not because you're going to get in trouble, but because I, it's my job to make sure you don't see that. Or, or you can say like that that doesn't come on. And so they're already having these conversations and it's not this like talk when they're older. You're going back to the God's word. You're communicating with them. You're saying things like, hey, I'm going to give you the truth as best I can when it comes to porn and sex. And we know the internet doesn't give us all the truth, right? So I want you to talk to me about this stuff and not use Google. <laughs> We're going to be on the same page about this. You've got to talk to your kids. You've got to talk about this in your marriage. If your kids are young, my kid's three months old, and Kyle and I are talking about what is this going to look like when they're older. We're developing that strategy. And block number five, you need a network of Christian support. And dramatic pause. If you're a single parent, you got the church to have your back. And if you're not a single parent, you're married, you still need the church to have your back. Because your kid at some point is going to think that you're not right. I don't know if you've heard that yet. And so what you need to do is strategically put them in places where they are meeting other adults and older people. Maybe it's just a couple years older where they're going to be telling your kid the same truth you are and pointing them to God's truth. 
First Corinthians says, as one member suffers, all members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all members rejoice with it. The issue of porn is making the church suffer, so we're in this together. And part of how we can do that is to not treat church like a movie. To not go out of here and get in our car and talk about what we liked and didn't like about it. No, in order to see a change for the next generation to run from porn and towards God's truth, we need to know the next generation. There's a lot of stats out there that will that prove that if there's more than just the parents, there's other adults that are investing in your kid, they're way more likely to go towards Christ and stick in the church after they graduate. So we know, we know these kids. We know these young adults. We know their names. We know their birthdays. We know ways to pray for them. And it doesn't have to be a bunch. It could be like three to five. And honestly, it's just like sticking around, getting some coffee and donuts, and praying, Lord, who should I be investing in? Who are the people that I can be the church too. And parents, you can bring your kids to fierce teens in the way where there's small group leaders that are eager to point them to God's truth. Parents, you are not alone in this, but you are the main protector. Your role is crucial and you are important. You are the offensive line to your kid and they need you to show up. They don't need you to be perfect. They just need you to keep getting back in the game. So as scary as it sounds, we confess it and we plan our strategy. When Jesus said, you have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say, even if you have looked at a woman lustfully, but I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. He was talking to a bunch of religious rulers. And these are people that thought, I'm pretty good at following the rules. And Jesus was making the point, no, the law is there so that you know you need a savior, right? It's not there so you can just add up all how you're doing so great or you've done more things better and wrong. No, no, no. It's there because you need a savior and you're never going to be perfect at this. What your kid needs to know is that what they need is Jesus. What they need is Jesus. Parents, Jesus is going to be the best blocker for your kid. Philippians says, he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. We can believe that. We can hold on to that. There's somebody who's going to do a way better job at blocking your kid than you. With Jesus, you can stay in the game. With Jesus, you can have hope. With Jesus, you're never alone. With Jesus, there is light, even when you feel like you're alone in the dark. With Jesus, there's grace. And that's what we want our kids to know. Yeah, porn's out there. We're going to try to do what we can to block it. But when you fall with lust, I want you to go back to Jesus. I want you to go back to Jesus. I want you to go back to how he defines you. You need Jesus more than you need perfection. And that's what your kids need to know. That's true for you, and that's true for us. You can't do this perfectly, parents, but we can do a better job, and we can do it together. And because of Jesus, we know we're actually going to win the game. So that's how we get back up, and that's how we play in this game of life. Will you pray with me?
Lord, I hate how the enemy makes everybody feel so alone and isolated when we mess up. And I thank you so much that we get to come to church and we get to remember that you save us, that you heal us, that you get us back up again, and that we are not defined by our sin. I pray, Lord, that we would get more and more of the reality of how much you love us, how much you care, how much you cared enough to die for us. I pray that we would get the reality that we are worth way more than we think we are because of the price you paid. Help the next generation not have the same struggle we had when it comes to porn. And we know we can do this because we got you, Lord. In your name I pray. Everybody said, amen. Amen. Hey, thank you so much for joining us today. If you don't have a home church and you're looking for a Bible preaching community that has its heart set on passionately knowing Jesus and being his witness in our generation, check out Fierce.Church. We'd love for you to join us either digitally or in person. Also, if you're looking for leadership development related content, don't forget to check out the Fierce Leadership Podcast available wherever you get your podcast from. Special thanks to those of you who give generously to support this ministry. It's because of you that this is possible. You can click on the link in the description to give now or visit fierce.church for more information. If you enjoyed this podcast, why not subscribe, share it with your friends, click on the share button, take a screenshot, and share it on social media or wherever you would share such things. Whatever challenges you're facing, I know you can make it. Don't give up. Hang on to Jesus. He won't let go of you. Jesus loves you so much, and we love you. I hope someday we get to meet in person. Thanks again for listening.